This is Westfair Business Buzz from Westfair Communications, publisher of the Fairfield County Business Journal. Here's your host, Phil Hall. Welcome to Westfair Business Buzz. I'm Phil Hall, Senior Enterprise Editor with the Westchester and Fairfield County Business Journal. And today we're going to be talking about advertising, particularly what makes a good ad. No, no, no. What makes a great ad? Something that resonates with the people who see this ad and say, oh, I got to go out and buy that product or use that service. My guest on today's episode is one of the best in the business. He's Ron Palumbo, who's creative director and an art director. Ron, thanks so much for taking the time to be on today's Westfair Business Buzz. My pleasure, Phil. Thanks for having me. So the first question would be a broad question. What is the difference between a good advertisement and a great advertisement? Yeah, well, a great advertisement is something that captures a little bit of the zeitgeist of the moment uh, of what's happening in the culture uh, and resonates with people. People can identify with it. And it also uh, kind of goes a little bit askew. It's kind of like great comedy, a great joke in, in many ways, where it's, it's an, there's an unexpected twist or something that you never thought would be uh, a possible ending or a possible uh, concept for this product. So it's rewarding the viewer, I think, with something uh, that makes them feel good about having watched <laughs> your commercial or your pre-roll on, on, online or any of that stuff. Well, I'm from a generation where TV commercials had characters like Mr. Whipple and Josephine the Plumber would, and Mrs. Olsen with her coffee uh, would show up and you got to feel, it was a warm feeling, at least I remember them with, with a great deal of fondness. I'm looking at a lot of commercials that are on television today and to be honest, I find myself getting even border irritated by a lot of the characters. I'm not going to name the product. <laughs> we want them as advertisers for, for our publication, obviously, but am I being maybe a little too nostalgic for yesteryear or were the advertisements back from in the seventies and eighties better than what we have today? Well, I think it could be a little fatigue because you've been watching television commercials for many, 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 many years, not to say how old you are or how old I am, but that might be a little bit of it too. But then there's also so many commercials are vampires. They're, they're derivative of other older commercials. So you've seen this again and again, you know, it's like, it's nothing's ever, you know, re it's not really um, pushing the, the medium forward. It's all about just uh, regurgitating some of the old concepts dressed up in a new way. So when you're able to do that, to, to come up with something new and interesting, uh, that's when an ad really resonates and makes, uh, you know, makes people sit up and take notice. But uh, it, you do see a lot of, uh, you know, reoccurring characters today, uh, which is kind of like one of the stock two thing, stock go-to things in the advertising toolkit. You know, uh, for many years we had jingles, right? Uh, that was one of the other stock go-to things in the thing. For sure, we don't have too many jingles anymore. In fact, I don't think we have any except now they're kind of a meta jingle where they'll kind of almost make fun of the jingle that the company has had in the past. But um, in terms of uh, a recurring character, it's just one of those go-to things in advertising. And uh, the modern take on it is to be self-aware that you're using a character as opposed to Mr. Whipple. He didn't really know that he was in a commercial. 
these guys know they're in commercials. Well, Mr. Whipple certainly had a, an impact. I remember when I was about 10 years old, I went to my mother uh, grocery shopping and there was uh, the, the toilet paper uh, display. <laughs> and I actually did uh, pick it up and start squeezing. And it was a, a clerk in the supermarket came running after me saying, please don't squeeze the Charmin. So <laughs> it was yeah, it was something that was universal, but at the same time, maybe because we had fewer television channels uh, yeah. to watch now. Now, I mean, you just you can just go clicking into four or five or six digit uh, configurations on your remote control, and there's a channel there. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if that uh, fracturing of media is uh, making advertising uh, a lot more difficult uh, for professionals like you to connect with audiences. Well, it is because you do have, you know, you have a whole generation that isn't used to watching television. They watch everything on their phones. So to reach that younger group, you have to, you know, go where they live and, and have stuff on pre-roll on YouTube or, you know, other social media things. Um, but, you know, the thing is, television viewership is down, but it's pretty steady. Um, and that's why, I, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure your viewer, your listeners have noticed that, there are blocks of commercials now that are seven or eight minutes long because to reach the number of people that they've promised advertisers that they're going to reach, they have to run these commercials many more times than they had in the past. So that's because again, the, the, the viewership is down, but you do have these big, what we call tentpole events, like, you know, the, the Emmy awards and the, the certainly the Super Bowl, where everybody's watching television and that's still a great place to launch a product or get the product top of mind in people's minds because everybody sees it and it's all, everybody talks about it the next day or even, you know, while it's happening, you know, tw tweeting about it. But um, the fragmentation is definitely an issue. Uh, you know, people who've grown up with advertising over the, over the decades uh, also don't trust advertising, right? We've seen so many times where a product has not lived up to the expectations. And what happened more recently with social media was people started to uh, use these brand ambassadors or these influencers, quote unquote, and have them tout your product. But we learned, again, another great disillusionment that these influencers were being paid to say that they liked these products. So their credibility went out the window. So um, you have this thing where it's, um, you know, if you feel good about a product, uh, you're going to try it, I think. And then it's up to the product to keep you. So we can only get, advertising can only get people to try a product once. Then it's up to the product to keep you coming back for it. Well, with social media too, I, a lot of people are going on to Facebook or YouTube looking to uh, see what their friends are up to or looking at their, their favorite pages. I can't imagine a lot of people are eager to go onto YouTube and have to sit through a two minute commercial before getting to a video of Mr. Whipple from the, from the 70s <laughs> or an older. So how do you hook the viewer on social media? Uh, because obviously they're not there to be uh, sold to, they're there for their own amusement. Well, I think, well, part of the thing is that you, you kind of expect to be um, approached by an, an ad, no matter where you are now online, you know, it's, they're all over the place, but you've got to catch them in the first couple of minutes, make it interesting. But also what happens is people share advertising. That's good. 
you know? So what that helps do is it helps generate a buzz about the advertising. And very often some of the social media uh, things or approaches are very different from a television approach. So it'll be much more something that is shareable. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little more off color than something that would be on television or it's something that's a little more provocative that's on television. So it gets people to share it. And uh, that, that's the way it is disseminated now through social media. One of the things I noticed in the, the pandemic shortly after it, uh, it took root in this country in March, there was a lot of advertisements all of a sudden showed up with uh, people wearing masks and, and <laughs> all we're in this together yeah. uh, mantra going. And I remember when I started seeing it, I said to myself, wow, uh, they really move fast on this one. Uh, in your professional opinion, was this the right thing to do or, or people don't want to be reminded in advertisements about the, the, the bad luck that's going on in the world, that they're looking to an advertisement for something a little bit more pleasurable and a little more uplifting? Well, I think it depends on the context of what the product is and uh, things like that. But uh, I think most of that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of that stuff with people wearing masks are relevant to the product or the, or the service that's being offered, you know, so, you know, reassuring people that, hey, we're taking these precautions, you can come in and shop here, or, you know, we can, you know, clean your teeth or whatever needs to be done. Um, I, I don't think it's so much about uh, just, you, you know, showing, uh, you know, flow from progressive wearing a mask. I don't think you're going to see that, you know. Uh, no, I don't know. That's uh, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I think I just found out one of your pet peeves. In <laughs> in, in, indeed. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry about that, Flo. That's okay. Oh, only kidding. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't pull the plug on the marketing budget. So, what, uh, what for you, uh, Ron, what medium is uh, the most effective for advertising? Is it broadcast? Is it uh, online? Is it still old-fashioned print advertising? Well, the, you know, it, it depends on what you want to do. Television is where you really make a big noise and you get your name out there and you, and you know, do your new product launches. Uh, for very targeted advertising to specific groups, then you're talking about online and social media and things like that. And the same thing with print. Print was always a very targeted medium because magazines were you know, very self-selecting, right? You had magazines for, you know, kids, you had magazines for adults, sports magazines, you know, entertainment magazines and so on. So it was all about what the general audience was. Uh, I still love print. I think, you know, billboards are always going to be interesting, you know, if you can do something cool with that. And, and basically, if you think about a lot of the social media stuff and the banner ads, they're basically print ads. You know, they have a, some sense of uh, motion sometimes in them because it, you can do, um, uh, you know, what's called rich media where they can be a little bit animated. So, but a lot of times they're just, they're print ads. There's a provocative headline that grabs you or a visual that grabs you and then, you know, click here for more information. So you have that next step. But it again, depends, on the, depends on what you're trying to do with your, your uh, brand. Uh, well, Speaking to you, I just took a quick flick through a uh, social media page, and I'm looking, and ads are popping up where that I, stuff that I don't look for and uh, products that I don't really need. Uh, is this really the best way for advertisers to get their message across if you're 
on a page like Facebook. And it, it, to me, it just seems like they're throwing anything uh, in front of the viewer with the hope that you're going to click onto it. Yeah. So some of it seems so scattershot and it's just, it's, it's more annoying than I think than television because at least in television, you can just go to the next channel, but um, I, you know, they should be doing a better job of tailoring it to you. And there are companies that, you know, I've worked on ad, ads for companies that do that, that target people a little bit better, you know, depending on where they, where they're getting their media from, whether they're watching it online or what, what their age group is, their, their demographics. So they should be doing a better job of targeting it, you know, because again, when you're not interested in something, it's just annoying and it just makes you less interested in spending time on that platform. So it behooves them to kind of get it right for you. Well, Ron, we could uh, go on talking about this for quite some time, but our podcast does have a time limit. <laughs> so if folks wanted to continue the conversation with you, how could they get in touch with you? Uh, my uh, website is Ron Palumbo, P-A-L-U-M-B-O dot net. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, work up there from my career in advertising. Uh, there's a lot of famous commercials up there. Hopefully you'll remember some of them and some of my more recent work. Uh, you know, I'm thoroughly democratic. I'd be happy to do television for you. I'd also be happy to do print for you. Excellent. We've been speaking with Ron Palumbo. And we're at the end of the next episode of the Westfair Business Buzz. I'm Phil Hall, and we'll see you again next week. Join us again for Westfair Business Buzz. <laughs>